welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 251, a Vermont turkey hunt. And I am your host and the guy who is still slammed at work. And I am definitely not complaining about that. But as you can imagine, with interest rates in the mid threes, there's a lot of activity going on in the world of refinancing and it's home buying season. So there's a lot of purchases going on as well. So any of you guys who haven't refinanced, you need to jump on out there and do that. Any of you guys living in Alabama who haven't refinanced, call a brother. I'll help you out. So listen, today we are 212 days, 9 hours, 30 minutes, and 19 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And despite the fact that I am still slammed, covered up busy at work, I need to get this Vermont turkey hunt off of my chest. I'm dying to share it with someone, you guys. And because it's 98 degrees outside and the humidity is about 80% here in the Birmingham area, well, I need to relive a turkey hunting story. So we're doing that today and we're jumping right in it. And I'm going to say that out of all of the states that we hunted on this trip this past year, which were New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, Vermont was by far the hardest turkey to kill on this trip. And these Vermont turkeys that we've been hunting have gotten a lot of pressure and they almost acted like Alabama turkeys. And one of them really kind of did. So let's jump in and let me give you the story of our early morning hunt that leads up to the audio for the hunt that I'm going to play for you guys. But first, I need to lay out the area that we're hunting and kind of describe that to you. So I'm going to do my best to paint that picture now. So this property is triangular in shape and it sits in a bend in the Connecticut River. So the river actually borders this property on two sides and if you were to draw this triangle out, if at the top of the piece of paper that you're drawing this out on, you made a line running east to west, then from the easternmost point of that line, if you drew another line running south 
and west for some distance. And then from the westernmost part of that first line, you drew a line almost due south until it ran into your second line that you drew, the one that ran to the south and west. That is the shape of this property. Now there's a decent size line of timber that runs along those lines you just drew on the piece of paper. And that line of timber is anywhere from what I would guess is 100 yards wide to maybe 150 yards wide, all around those three sides of that triangle. Now coming off of that northernmost line that you drew on that piece of paper, about halfway through that line is a windrow or hedgerow that runs due south. And at some point inside that triangle, that windrow tees and runs east-west. And the easternmost part of that windrow runs into the timber that is along the river. That upside down T in that triangle effectively creates three separate very large ag fields. And our early morning hunt found us walking along the windrow that runs east to west within that triangle of agricultural fields and walking towards the river on top of that where we set up inside that windrow, probably five yards. And we set up, I would say 150 yards from that line of trees that separates the ag field from the river. Now this is day two of my hunting in Vermont. Day one, I have not heard a turkey gobble. Day two, I'm just hopeful that I can hear a turkey gobble. So my guide and I get set up in this windrow before daylight and we're sitting there. It's a beautiful morning, virtually no wind for now. And as dawn starts to show her crack, a turkey gobbles roosted in the trees along the river. Well, my guide had already told me that these turkeys would fly down and should walk right up the middle of this ag field that we're sitting on the edge of and be right on the outer range of gun range probably within 50 yards of me. Well, I've got Black Death with me, and I have 100% certainty and 100% confidence in Black Death at 50 yards. If that turkey walks within 50 yards of me that morning, and I've got Black Death, and that turkey does not die, it's not Black Death's fault. It'll be my fault. So the turkey gobbled pretty well on the roost, but he didn't actually start gobbling until pretty late. The gobbler flew down, and he was actually the first bird that I saw that morning. And he stepped out into the ag field, and he was on my side of the windrow. He was probably 50 yards from the windrow. So I'm starting to think that this is going to play out just like my guide said it was that he would fly down, that the other turkeys would fly down with him, and there were several hens with him and that they would walk within about 50 yards of me, and that would probably be it. But we know that those types of hunts, the ones that we have well-planned in our heads, rarely ever play out that way. So this Tom kind of meandered around, walked around the end of that field, right there on the tree line on the edge of the river. And after all the hens flew down, the Tom and the hens started moving towards the west, moving in my direction. But they were not staying 50 yards from me. In fact, there was a very small little 
triangle of timber that jutted out into this field that we were sitting on and the edge of that triangle of timber was about a hundred yards away from me and every single one of those turkeys walked along the edge of that little triangle of timber that jutted out into this ag field and every single one of them except for two jakes walked about a hundred yards away from me two jakes that were in the bunch walked pretty much down the middle of the field about 50 yards from me they passed me and when they did i reached over and i grabbed my fan and i made some soft calls and they stopped and they turned and they looked and they started walking towards me and i thought hey this may be just enough to get that tom to turn and come up towards me but the jakes got about 30 yards away saw something they didn't like which was probably me sitting in this pile of brush and briars holding a turkey fan and they turned around and slowly walked west away from me the tom never checked up he had his hens and he walked to the west and kept on going and skirted us and in this hedgerow that we're sitting in about 100 yards from us or 150 yards from us there is a cut in the windrow that the farmer drives his equipment through from one field to the next and these turkeys the jakes the tom and the hens all went through that cut and into the field the ag field that was to the north of us well we tried to get moved around and get in position to maybe hopefully get a shot as those turkeys kind of wandered around in that field to the north of us but the turkeys never came really any closer to us when they were in that field to the north of us than about 200 yards so we stayed there and we watched them for a while thinking eventually they may work their way back into this ag field that we were in and maybe we would get an opportunity at taking that tom at that point Eventually, we ended up losing sight of that flock of turkeys, and when we lost sight of them, we lost interest in them. And partly because my guide had gotten a text from the outfitter that we were hunting with, who just so happened to have slipped up to these ag fields, and he said that there was a tom that was walking along the line of timber that ran along the edge of the river in the ag field that was in the northeast corner of that triangle and he recommended that we get down that windrow we walk back down that hedgerow to the east to the line of timber into the timber and to the edge of that northeast field so that i could see the field and the woods in case he happened to slip back in the woods and continue coming my way so that's what my guide and i did we got in the woods my guide sat back behind me and i set up did some calling just very lightly the turkey supposedly is walking to the south and west straight towards us and i don't need to do anything to alarm that turkey i just need to call a little bit and let him know that there's a hen a good looking hen waiting on him in the timber so after sitting in that spot for about 
45 minutes. The outfitter texted and said that he did not see that Tom anymore, that the Tom had stepped into the timber, and that he had spotted some more turkeys that were in the field where my guide and I lost sight of that flock of turkeys. So we think he's found the flock of turkeys that we lost sight of. So he tells my guide where they are, and my guide and I get up and we start walking west back down the same hedgerow that we've been on pretty much all morning long to walk back to the field that that flock of turkeys went into early that morning after they skirted us. So this field is in the northwest corner of this triangle. When we got to the point in the hedgerow where we were at the southeast corner of that north west field we glassed the field and we spotted the turkeys and that is when i turned on the recorder and that is where the story of this hunt begins now after we get a visual on these turkeys in this field in the northwest corner of this triangle my guide is getting text messages from the outfitter with a little bit of a play-by-play -play. and we learn that there are two toms in this field there's one that's really kind of directly in front of us maybe more like our 10 or 11 o'clock and we can see that tom he's standing out there with a hen about probably 200 yards from us and we're told there's another tom straight to the west down the hedgerow from where we're standing and we're told that that tom has a couple of hens with him and that they are feeding to the east towards us and that's where we pick up with our first clip, three minutes and 34 seconds into the recording. She's watching, just be still. She's staring over here, just be still. So this hedgerow is a mess. It's got briars and brambles and all kinds of vines in it that are anywhere from waist high to chest high. And 
this is what we've slipped into and we're looking out into the ag field that's in the northwest corner of the triangle. So like I told you before I started the clip, we spotted a gobbler and a hen straight in front of us and they're kind of continuing to look our direction off and on. Now the wind has started to pick up at this point. When the day started out, there was virtually no wind, but it's starting to pick up, as it often does during the day. So I feel a little comfortable moving around when there's some brush between us and the turkeys and the wind is blowing. But at this point, the wind is not blowing nonstop. So I have to kind of be selective as to when I move. The guide wants me to get across this barbed wire fence that runs through this hedgerow and try to slip up to the edge of the hedgerow of that northwest corner field. And when I cross the fence to slip up to the edge of that northwest corner field, I looked a little closer at the area that I was walking towards and there was really no way to get to the edge of that field because of all the scrub brush and the small trees that were in the way. And if I was even to get to the edge of that field, I was not going to be able to see maybe 10 or 15 yards down the hedgerow looking towards the west. So I felt like that was kind of a bad spot to be getting into. And if I got in there and it looked just like I thought it was going to look from where I was standing, then I was going to have to work my way back out. And if I needed to do that in a hurry, it was going to be a mess because don't forget there's turkeys scattered all around in this field. Yeah. Okay, at this point, I'm standing probably 10 yards off of the edge of the southeast corner of that northwest field on this piece of property. And I'm looking west, which is the direction that we're told the turkeys are coming from walking to us in hopes that I can catch a glimpse of them as they're coming down that hedgerow. And about three or four minutes later, the plan changes. My guide gets a text from the outfitter saying that the turkeys are no longer headed to the east, that they're headed back towards the west, and that if I can make it to that gap in the hedgerow, that the farmer drives his equipment through before the turkeys get there, then I should have an opportunity at a shot at those turkeys.
baby now it's starting to get exciting so don't know if you heard that or not but the guide is cutting me loose he said i need to get down that hedgerow and get to that gap that there's two toms and they're headed towards that gap and i've got to hurry so you hear some rustling and you hear what maybe sounds like velcro in that audio clip and you'll find out what that sound is all about towards the end of the hunt. And also, did you hear the turkey gobble? The turkey gobbled maybe 20 to 30 seconds before the end of that last clip. That is a huge help to me throughout the rest of the hunt. So here we go. I'm going to fast forward about 3 minutes and 45 seconds to the next clip. So I'm basically knee walking at this point to the west, away from my guide, towards this gap in the hedgerow 
that we're expecting these turkeys to walk in. And I am probably 150 or maybe 200 yards from the gap. And I'm staying low because according to the guide, the turkeys that were headed east down the hedgerow towards us were now headed west along the hedgerow away from us. And I didn't want to bump them as I'm going down this hedgerow. So I'm knee walking, and when I find a gap in the brush in the hedgerow to where I can see into that field, the northwest field, I'm glassing and I'm looking, but I'm also listening. And I don't know if you heard it in that clip, but there were two gobbles in that last clip. So these turkeys are starting to gobble, and that is making me feel better about this whole situation. Now, that was the good news in that clip that I just played for you. The bad news is I just spooked a tom as I was crawling towards that gap in the hedgerow. One of the two toms had already come through that gap, and I was not looking straight in front of me at the time, and I just happened to catch something moving in the field straight in front of me, and I looked up and saw this tom wheel around and run either through the hedgerow or through the gap into the northwest field. And I thought that I was pretty well screwed at that time. And immediately, it could not have been maybe a second later, the other Tom gobbled. And you can hear him gobble there pretty clearly, I think. And I feel like I'm still in the game. So I continue my crawl. So now I'm going to fast forward about two minutes and three seconds. So remember, I'm making my way towards that gap in that hedgerow between these two fields, the one that I'm in and the one the turkeys are in, because I believe that that flock of turkeys is headed towards that gap to come into the field that I'm in. And if they beat me to that gap. All right, that is all that I have for you for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's hunt, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Becoming a subscriber to the premium content is quite simple. What you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Text that to the number 44222. After you do that, I'm going to send you some directions that you need to follow, and eventually you're going to get a link sent to you via email that you can click on to create your username and password and pay the $18 per year subscription fee on the Podbean application, which is how the premium content is delivered to you guys. So now your $18 annual subscription will get you not only the rest of this week's episode, the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. There is a bunch of premium content that is locked up. 
under the premium subscription and you can access that very quickly, very easily, and very inexpensively by texting Turkey Hunter, making that one word, no spaces, to the number 44222. I think I've said this, oh, probably six or 15 times on the majority of our hunts. Things just have to work out perfectly for us to be successful. That was a tough hunt. Those birds on this particular piece of property had received a lot of pressure, and not just from the guide, but from quite a few other hunters as well. In fact, when I got home to Birmingham and I started looking a little closer at my trophies, at my feet and beards from these turkeys that I killed, I noticed one single solitary copper-plated pellet stuck in the scaly part of one of this turkey's legs. This turkey had been shot at at least one time before, and I feel pretty comfortable saying that it likely was not my guide or the outfitter's hunter who did it. Remember, we're there late season. These turkeys had had some pressure, and they were pretty smart. And it just makes it that much sweeter when you kill that kind of turkey, even if you're not calling him in to kill him. And what a stark contrast in the wildness of the turkeys from Maine to what we experienced in Vermont. You know, I really wish we'd been able to get Yankee John over to hunt with this guide and this outfitter that we were hunting with. So we booked New York and Vermont through the same outfitter. The outfitter that we booked through does not hunt Vermont, so he subbed out the Vermont hunts to two different outfitters in Vermont, which effectively split up the three of us so that we were hunting about an hour apart, and we were not happy about that. So Yankee John got stuck with the second, let's call him the lesser outfitter in Vermont. We didn't know that at the time, and John paid the price for it. So let me give you guys a couple of takeaways from this hunt, and I've really given you those as we've gone along through the hunt, and I've narrated it for you. But the wind was a huge help. The turkey gobbling was a huge help. Having the outfitter sitting in the edge of the tree line that surrounded that field, glassing and watching the turkeys was a huge help. Having the fan to use to shield my motion as I was walking along and crawling along the hedgerow was a huge help. And having knee pads was a huge help. And I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever thought about adding knee pads to his hunting gear. So I don't want you guys to think that I'm harping on it because I think that I'm so great. I'm harping on it because you guys need to go buy some knee pads. I'm telling you, it makes things so much easier and so much better. When I was hunting in Iowa, this has been a lot of years ago now, I actually was crawling on a turkey and I put my knee on a locust tree branch and did not know it until I put pressure down on my knee and the locust thorn went underneath my kneecap about a half an inch. Now, I'm not going to tell you that these knee pads that I have will stop a locust thorn from going through them, but it sure did a great job stopping all the briars and the rose bush thorns and all of the sticks 
and all of the rocks and all of that stuff that we have to deal with when we're crawling on turkeys. And it makes the crawl so much more enjoyable so that you don't have to concentrate so much on what's on the ground where you're crawling. And that helps you to be able to concentrate more on looking ahead and around you as you're crawling so that you can hopefully spot that turkey before he spots you. So what I've got for you next is New Hampshire. And New Hampshire is going to be my last turkey story from this past spring. So I'm not sure if we'll hit that one next week or the week after or the week after. It's a long hunt, but it is an awesome hunt. So that is it. That's all that I've got for you guys today. But if you'll do me a huge favor, if you will share via text message using the share button feature in your podcast player application today's episode with one hunting buddy, I'd be very appreciative. Sharing the episode via text message in your podcast player application is so easy to do. It's almost ridiculous, but it's a huge help to me as it helps to grow the show, and I'm very appreciative of you guys who do that for me. And you know, I've enjoyed reliving this hunt a lot today, and that makes me a little bit sad to say. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.